So I was rolling around on Reddit mm-hmm. earlier, and I say rolling around because sometimes I feel like, you know, I can't decide which one can be more toxic on their views. But Reddit, I've, I have determined, is at least more comical on their <laughs> views because yeah. in almost the same thing um, on Twitter that I can find on Reddit. Mm-hmm. The sarcasm of Reddit is just so obvious where the 4chaners went. So, <laughs> and I, I just, I started laughing my tail off because there was an article that uh, somebody w- had posted and says, millennials didn't kill the economy. The economy killed millennials. And, you know, it was on Twitter and it was on Reddit. And I was like, okay. And the only reason I knew that was because it was on Twitter mm-hmm. and somebody was like, oh, yeah, I read the whole thing from the link on Reddit and da 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 great, insightful, blah, 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 blah. And so I read I read this article from The Atlantic. Oh, my God. Oh, like I honestly. It legitimately left a bad taste in my mouth, <sighs> like it made my stomach churn some of the crap in this article. And I was like, wow. So. I went over and I wanted to see what it looked like on Reddit, right? <laughs> and on Reddit, it was like, maybe, I don't know, consider this funny, but maybe if you uneducated misfits who have absolutely no idea how the economy works would stop voting for these idiots who are telling you what you want to hear, uh-huh. the economy would stop being so messed up. You know, how is that college debt uh, write off working for you? How is that that universal non taxpayer health care? How is all of that tax forgiveness working out for you? Hey, how is all of that taxing the rich businesses working out for your minimum your your you know middle wage jobs? Hey, how is that stupid degree that you got because you got all those loans and fell into it? How does that work for you? How is that going? And I just started laughing because people were like, like somebody said that, like, hey, how did that blah, blah work out for you? And like everybody would just like right after, well, how did that blah, blah work out? And how did that blah, blah work out? Like all this stuff. It's like, oh, oops. Yeah. How did getting rid of plastic straws work out for you now that more plastic is used <laughs> in making the lids of the Starbucks cups? Right. Uh-huh. How, how like all of these different things. It's like, oh, yeah. Hey. How did that work out for you switching over to an energy source that can't pay for itself? And so all of your energy rates have spiked and now you're blaming who? Who are you blaming for for all of this stuff? So mm-hmm. I just I just started laughing. I just thought it was funny. I mean, it was just absolutely comedic at this point that people were just like, um no. So because it, it just shows you where it is that people are like yeah, of course. Let, let, so let's get this straight. So you got rid of all these minimum wage jobs and everything got more expensive and that's upsetting. <laughs> because people have to make more money in order for the companies to, well, companies shouldn't raise their profit margins. What? What? They, what? <laughs> so they're just supposed to lose a bunch of money and, you know, end up bankrupt because people don't think 
of the cascade effect right of getting rid of the minimum wage jobs that they just thought that okay so yeah you know if i get a job there i'm gonna be paid more and everything's great Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about okay well if there's no more minimum wage jobs at this company then that means that they have to expand the amount of regular jobs that they have which Mm -hmm. means that they have to be spending more money to pay Mm -hmm. all the people that they had already been paying minimum wage at a different wage and then they're just like it, the um, people don't think the sheer amount of people that they're paying it's mm-hmm. not just a couple of people that they're realizing oh instead of being paid you know 14 15 dollars now they're going to be paid you know 20 21 22 mm-hmm. and that adds up to you know a couple hundred like no this is thousands and thousands of dollars because there are hundreds of people that are working these minimum wage jobs oh, yeah. just, like i yeah, I don't understand. And people yeah. don't realize that with certain jobs being like being changed because you have minimum wage jobs mm-hmm. that have a certain level of understanding your comforts and your you know the number of breaks that you have and how long you get to take those breaks mm-hmm. and how many people you're working with mm-hmm. change if you're getting a higher paying job all of that changes, which means the accommodations change, which yep. means that all the, like they're spending more money all around by getting rid of the minimum wage jobs. But no, no, <laughs> they're just supposed to get rid of the minimum wage jobs and, you know, deal with it and keep everything else the same. Like, that's not how it works. There's so much that comes after that mm-hmm. that you have to realize with more people that aren't getting minimum wage jobs, especially if they're on a the amount of work you're putting in is how much you get paid level that's so many more accountants that they need to have. Mm-hmm. There's so many more people that have to sit down that they have to pay to make sure that everybody's getting paid the right amount. Because instead of having a set min- minimum wage job, they now have to go back and count and clock everybody's hours and their overtime and all the other stuff because that's how that works. Mm-hmm. But people just, they just don't think about that. No. And so it's like, so I just, I was like, are, you're you're seriously saying... <laughs> That your actions, the the reactions to your actions aren't the fault of you. They're the <laughs> actions to the reactions of the actions. That's literally what this is. This is the I'm rubber, you're glue argument where, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it just baffled my mind. It was absolutely hilarious that it got to the point where... You know, somebody was sitting there and just they were they were laughing so hard. They're like, you know, I, at this point, I can't think that this person was legitimate in this article. And I went and so I looked up the person who, uh, who wrote this article. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, no. This is the way their brain works. <laughs> this is the absolute brain way their brain works. Like it, it just baffled me. So, yeah. So I'm good for my topics for today because of this person, <laughs> this article and this rabbit hole. That I'm just sitting here going, because to me, what's I, I've realized, you know, there's something that Gen Xers said a long time ago, and that was that common sense isn't common. So why do we call it common sense? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Because it should just be called sense. Yep. Because when people go for change and all they're left with is sense, <laughs> and then they blame other people for it, it's like, shut up. Just, just, sh- just shut up. So... With that, welcome to the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time by two people who realize that our sense is definitely not common. So, yeah. So, what what got me going, what, like I said, I was, I was sitting there on Reddit, and uh, ooh, it was absolutely beautiful that there was, uh, there was an article where this girl who used to work at one of the Walmarts that's now shut down, 
Okay. She didn't care. She released a ton of footage and it's just constantly being taken down. Like a bunch of people grabbed it, posted up. It's getting taken down. Walmart's like seasoned assisting this whole thing. And it's like hilarious. Like if I'm Walmart, I don't, but it may not be Walmart. So there's no argument on, I mean, there's a huge argument over who's taking this footage down. Right. Uh Because it was what led to this from part of this article was millennials didn't kill the economy. The economy killed millennials, except no, millennials are actively killing the economy. In fact, according to the person who's posting it, which is probably why I actually think it's getting pulled down from um, from Reddit, is black millennials are the ones who were predominantly raiding all these Walmarts, doing these TikTok videos, showing videos of them eating food for free, spitting spitting at cashiers, throwing seeds and crap and empty packets all over the floor, all over the ground, plugging in a microwave in the appliance department to nuke up a bunch of pizza rolls from the freaking frozen food department and eating them on paper plates that they took from the picnic department and sitting in chairs and, you know, because, like, what, the police won't come out. Mm-hmm. And they know the police won't come out. They and so this this woman and she's like, oh, and before anybody gets on me, I am black. I am a woman and I live in the neighborhood next to this Walmart used to work at this Walmart. Won't say what department. And so started showing all these videos. I thought it was a like I OK, like we saw the aftermath of that Walmart. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like like a bang came in and out type situation. Right. That's yeah. what it looked like. Nope. It was over the course of like six hours. Like wow. just school got out, college got out. People just went there. What were waking up, coming in, weren't even showing up in cars. We're walking off. We're walking off in other carts full of stuff. They were bringing other carts from other stores because Walmart. The one of the WalMarts had the thing that stops at the end of their uh, their driveway. Uh-huh. No, just brought carts from other places. Brought it in, loaded up stuff, and left. So, no, no. this Her argument is absolutely valid in show of action. Millennials are ruining the, econ- ruining the economy. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's now. Like, I, I, I made it clear to, you know, Nikki, and I told you. I'm like, hey, we're at a place where I'm just letting you know, I'm going to be using Walmart's website mm-hmm. to deliver our stuff because, number one, it's cheaper than Amazon. Um, and number two... Because our Walmart, our Walmart here in Palestine, which doesn't have anywhere near these problems, right? Mm -hmm. The last time we went, it was pure self-checkout. There were two registers that were open of people. And I refused to do self-checkout. And I I have three big reasons that I refuse to do self-checkout. Number one, I don't work there. And I'd rather pay a little bit more. To have somebody else handling all this stuff, bagging all this stuff and everything. Because I don't have the patience to look something up that doesn't scan properly. Okay? I just don't. I don't like the way self-checkout works. I'd rather have... If I was going to do self-checkout and I had a conveyor belt, so I loaded up all my stuff on my own conveyor belt, walked around the other side, scanned it, bagged it, and then had another cart sitting there that I could put it in, I'd be more inclined than this crap-tastic method that they have. They actually put in a couple of things like that, but... It's only a couple, and they yeah. fill up fast. Yeah. But, but 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 the thing is, is like that I'd be more interested in. But the thing is, is that the other side of it is, 
now and and so people are showing all this crap that they're doing to get away with shoplifting and I, i'm gonna i i hate to be the bearer of bad news you're not getting away with it you think you're getting away with it but i guarantee you what's going on and 100 percent what's going on because I, I sit and I think about these things from the business standpoint. And for those who don't know, you know, I'm an award-winning marketer who literally has saved thousands of businesses, tens of thousands of jobs. And I know the way security works in places like this. And so what happened? We had two things that happened, right? Number one, we had all these states that suddenly decided, hey, you know what? Unless it's a felonious amount, meaning $10,000 or more you know, or $1,000 or more, depending on where you are, we're not going to enforce anything, okay? So you know what those Walmarts are doing? They've got you on facial recognition. They've got you on your card because you're all still using your card for this stuff and you're faking like you're swiping something. You're not swiping something. Cameras pick it up. The cameras pick it up. The cameras aren't using people. You People have this men, this archaic mentality that there are like people watching the cameras and looking around at each no there's an entire ai program that's out there watching every single person giving each person that walks into a store their own unique id and when you come in they're like oh hey we recognize joey all right well joey has let's see does joey have any strikes against him no okay but they're still watching me Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like and then they look at Kiki and they go, hmm, does Kiki have any strikes against her? No, but she did accidentally not scan this item in maybe. And so it was a dollar forty eight. OK, what's the threshold for a felony out here? It's a thousand dollars. OK, so she has nine hundred and eighty nine dollars and fifty two cents left before, you know, we then have her detained, have the police come out, file the felony, file the notice of trespass, and then, you know, and and then go after her. Because we don't Walmart doesn't want to waste their, their their stuff. Walmart doesn't want to waste their lawyers and their everything on that. Walmart wants it to get to a number in areas that it can get to that number where they can go, okay, and then have you persecuted. Right? Mm -hmm. Because then they don't have to worry about it, and then you have to pay restitution, and then you have to pay all this other stuff. Well, in Chicago, it wasn't working. In Illinois, it wasn't working. In Oregon, it wasn't working. Why? Because they put the threshold too high. It's like $10,000. Walmart's like, no, that's that's ridiculous. And then they, you know, and then the software has to rely on it. They have to rely on the effective the effectiveness of the software that's still in beta. It'll always be in beta. It's software, you know. And... They, they, I mean, sh Minecraft is still in beta. <laughs> and so it's like, so what are they going to do? Okay, we're just going to shut down in those areas. And now what, what are people going to whine about in Illinois? I have to drive two hours to get to a Walmart. Yep. So you know what you do? Move. Move. Move out of those depressed areas where there are higher rates of crime and move to areas where, where you can be closer to a better class of living. Why? Because the footage doesn't show... A, you know, a senior long-term care facility for my minorities pulling up in a bus and going in and emptying out the Walmart. You're showing a bunch of stupid-ass 20-somethings going in, putting themselves on video, flipped, and, and the number being so massive that Walmart's like, okay. And then what happens? Then what happens? The city commissioner blames Walmart. 
Walmart. We got rid. What? We got rid of the police presence. We got. We raised the amount of damage that somebody has to do and things they have to steal. And we absolutely won't do anything to enforce or help better our community. How dare you leave? And then where people were saying, well, this is reparations. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you deserve nothing. You are voting for this. You know how we know? Because a new, a, a, a new, oh, gosh, I don't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure it was a state representative. A new state representative was voted by on what one because of a bunch of college students who showed up who couldn't even properly name three facts about this person. Oops. But you guys are making decisions. Then you're upset because of the repercussions of your, of your decisions. Let me explain something to you. I am heavily insured. I have a great driving record. I am in a no fault state. I have a really nice truck. If you cut me off, I will hit you. I will keep going and I will smash you into a ditch. I won't think twice about it. And when you get out and you're upset because not only are you going to be paying for the repairs to my truck, you're going to be paying for the repairs in your own truck and your own vehicle and your own car. I'm going to laugh my ass off because those are the exact repercussions of your actions. If you come to me and say, why didn't you just put on your brakes and let me in? You're going to be saying that while actually having a lawsuit against me for having knocked out a couple of your teeth. And I won't care. Because I also have a good attorney. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm sick of this. You make a decision, that decision affects you, and then you get upset at the, re at the repercussions of that decision. My youngest daughter, whom I love with every fiber of my being, mm -hmm. is about to see the greatest punishment she's ever seen brought down upon her. I will probably quote scripture in the <laughs> middle of that punishment. But she 100% knows it's because of her decisions and her actions. She doesn't get to get away with it. That's the way the world works. Call it karma. Cool. Call it God. Cool. Call it what goes around comes around. Cool. But you think you allow crime and then when people leave areas because there's crime and then all that you're left with is crime and you end up with something like Gary, Indiana. Where there are no more trucking companies. There are no more docks. There are no more distribution centers. There is nothing. You can go to Gary, Indiana right now. I looked it up. You can go buy a house in Gary, Indiana, the size of this house for like 20 grand. But it doesn't matter because nobody wants to live there. Because the crime rate is so ridiculously high. So, yeah, it just baffles my mind. Millennials, you are killing the country as much as, a, as a, somebody working on your car who has no idea how the hell an, an internal combustion engine works would. You are destroying it. You're doing it. The boomers aren't doing it. The boomers are done. The boomers have been sitting back for a long time. I'm the Gen Xers. We're the Gen Xers are like we're at that point where we're like, hey, I'm ready to about ready to retire, start enjoying my hobbies more because, you know, forget this. And we're watching you morons blame what? The people you're voting in. Cuz you're 
uneducated about them for the way the economy is. Brilliant. Anyway, that's my uh, start for today. So I wanted to talk about something that is uh, really uh, prevalent right now. Um, okay. It's actively one of the biggest debates that's you know making a lot of people look at what what the future is about to be for like whether or not the Biden administration is going to like mess up for the last time everybody's going to be sick of it or they're going to do something and everybody's going to be like oh my gosh you can think mm-hmm. um so i don't know if you've heard but uh title 42 has been the biggest topic right now mm-hmm. with all of the immigration things going on and everybody being mad about it and everything title 42 is about to expire mm-hmm. and so for anybody that doesn't know uh, Title 42 actually dates back to a 1944 law, which is called the Public Health Service Act, wh- and it was made to prevent the spread of diseases into co- into our country. So it allowed any whoever was in office to make executive decisions about, you know, closing borders and, you know, offering emergency medical attention to certain areas and, and financial aid to other areas and all this other stuff. Like, it literally made it so that if attention was needed for any kind of disease related thing that we could do whatever was necessary Mm -hmm. to get, you know, to stop the spread of that disease. And so, uh, what a bunch of people are doing is obviously taking any kind of news and blowing it up. So, uh, in March of 2020 was when, uh, basically Trump had used that to make it so that he closed our southern border. Right. So that anybody that was trying to come into the U.S. from Mexico was turned away because of COVID. And so, you know, so many people thought that that was a horrendous thing because how dare you're stopping people seeking asylum, coming into the country, blah, 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 blah. Um, However, (laughs) for all the people that say that that was such a horrible thing, the Biden administration continued to use that mm-hmm. for the first year and a half of their administration and expelled around a little bit more than two million people mm-hmm. f- using the same the same thing. Title 42. Yep. They used that, too. They just did it silently. So everybody didn't think that it was that big of a deal. But they continued to use it. Two million immigrants were turned away at the border or, you know, shoved out because they crossed in and got, you know, as far as they did before they were caught. Mm-hmm. So that that's been like people don't know that apparently because now that it's about to expire or well the problem is is that it was supposed to be it was supposed to come up in like November or December of this past year about it like expiring and mm-hmm. they kept postponing it expiring for a multitude of reasons um <laughs> they there's so much crisis going on when it comes to our the security of our borders nobody is prepared for the amount of people that are coming in and uh obviously everybody's been upset because you know everybody is dealing with it where we've gotten to the point where it's not just the southern border that's dealing with it because the southern border is taking those immigrants and shipping them up to other places because they said yeah let them in and we talked about that yeah and so oh but go ahead give a synopsis Our, our numbers are going so a lot of people who are listening right now probably weren't listening to our original conversation so you you talked about it. It was yeah, in, it was it was York. it was actually it was beautiful. It was because of all these northern cities and all these northern states that were like screaming and that that they were, you know, 
um, these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. And so the South said, okay, no problem. And they're, you know, they're like, you guys are welcome here with open with open arms. And it was like, oh, okay. Well then, you know, we'll bring them up. What? We'll bring them up to you. No, 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 no. We're just saying they're welcome here. Right. Yeah, we we're good. You know what? We'll pay for the gas. We don't even need federal money for gas. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, no, we got this. Uh, uh, uh. And then all of a sudden, and with the most notable of that being Martha's Vineyard, uh-huh. Martha's Vineyard, they didn't even let them off the damn bus. Yeah. People, people walked off. Well, they got off the bus enough to stretch their legs and get right back on that bus. And Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, oh, oh, you know, Sanctuary City wasn't. Plenty of room, plenty of space, but it wasn't. D.C., why, why are all these illegals around? D.C.'s mayor called them illegals. Whoopsie. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then called it a crisis. But the South's been dealing with it. Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California have been all dealing with these for over a century. Yeah, we, we it's not like we just can sit there and go, eh, you know what? We can't take anybody else in. We're just done. We, we are literally we are the border. We cannot just stop. It is an ongoing thing that is mm-hmm. going to continue to be ongoing for literally ever. <laughs> so it, it's so yeah, we we it's it's a crisis that mm-hmm. just uh, went from being a southern border crisis to basically an entire D of the country crisis because everybody else started having to deal with it. And boohoo, we can't deal with it. So you know you should be able to have the ability to just figure it out. So yeah. nobody liked it when the when it got the problem got turned on them. Mm-hmm. Um. Not only that, but the number of migrants who had crossed illegally in 2021, the 2021 fiscal year was the highest on record since 1960. Yep. Which is insane to think. So so this is obviously, it's not just a little like, oh man, you know, we're just dealing with a little, it's an actual crisis. So w- this, uh... Title 42 is supposed was supposed to expire, and now we're dealing with everybody fighting back and forth because people that are in support of immigration and opening our borders mm-hmm. and all of that are going, yeah, let it expire. Let these people into the country. It's all great. It's all fine. Meanwhile, people that are against immigration are saying, no, 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 no. This has been a good thing. Let's keep it in place because this is, you know, we're trying to make everything work. And... uh the administration is really struggling because mm-hmm. I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to push it out just enough so that if Biden doesn't get the next, uh, he doesn't get reelected, that it's somebody else's problem. Because they're really going to try. I see mm-hmm. that coming. They are literally, they, they don't know how to deal with it. They are so split right now that they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally, at the end of this past month, which is only a few days ago now, they ended up signing a bill to push it a little bit longer so that they can have, you know, it, quote unquote, have the time to figure out what they're going to do about it, yep. basically, which is still just like it, it always is weird to me because it's like you're you're pushing something out to still do the exact same thing you're going to do if you would just vote on it now. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're waiting because you're trying to, you know, gauge what the public eye thinks about it. But the public is literally split right down the middle still as well, because you have still the people that aren't dealing with it. It's like California is a big state. 
the people that are at the southern border are going, oh my goodness, please, can we not have all these people coming in? Well, everybody that's, you know, up towards Sacramento area, mm-hmm. they're like, no, 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 it's fine, yeah, the let capi- them in. Why, why, is, why is California's capital the least populated metropolitan area that's the northernmost away <laughs> from the border? Exactly. So, so yeah, they it's it's still split. Mm-hmm. Nobody actually knows. You know, there, there's no like for or against clear, definite answer right now because a lot of people are of the a lot of people are just of the impression that it's like you know what we have no problems with people coming in here legally, but we cannot keep taking on hundreds of thousands of people right. illegally and and deal with it during a financial crisis right now. And and and, he, and here's here's where. I have stumped everybody. If Democrats are claiming that Republicans are big business, why would Republicans be the ones that want to stop illegal immigration? Because don't migrant workers get paid less? Wouldn't that be a bigger increase on your profits? Wouldn't that mean that you could hire more people to do more work for the same amount of money and therefore, you know, raising your bottom line and making a bigger amount of profits? And if Republicans are all about big business, then why would the Republicans be against cheap, easy labor? Mm -hmm. Because there's where your argument falls apart. Democrats want it because Democrats are the one percent, the the point zero whatever percent. Right. Because the Democrats want people in in California picking avocados for nothing. Like I found out. So there was a I was actually talking to somebody who was an illegal uh, immigrant working in uh, the tomato fields for California back when I was, it was a long time ago. It was probably. 2008 I want to say okay I want to say it was Obama okay and I was so I was talking to these guys and and it was like my Spanish was at its best and it was at a little Mexican restaurant off of highway five and there was avocado field and these guys had avocados in their pockets and like Mm -hmm. they offered me an avocado like they they offered me like five avocados for a dollar I was like yeah give me a dollar for it so I asked them how much they make and when they finished up and they went through the numbers and told me all the stuff they pay for because they were paying for their housing they were having to pay for their transportation to, to their job, transportation back, their own food. They had to pay to live with all these other guys so that one of these little things, they, they did the numbers on it. When it was all said and done, they were making about $2 an hour. $2 an hour to pick avocados. So it was insane, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went and I did the digging around and I found the company that owned it and I found the farming company that owned that and the co-op that was a part of that and the distribution center that was a part of that and by the time I was done I was like but this is California there aren't Republicans down here these guys aren't Republicans and if they were why would they be fighting against opening the border mm-hmm. so none of it made sense to me but and just just for the record, on the deportations, do you know which president had the highest number of deportations during their term? No. Barack Obama. Barack Obama had more deportations in his eight years than the 16 years combined of the two presidents par- prior to him being George Bush and Bill Clinton. In fact, you could take George Bush, or actually, you could take Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, 
Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Ronald Reagan, Calvin Coolidge, Woodrow Wilson, uh, the original George Bush, and Harry Truman, and still not have as many deportations in that combined 46 years as you had during Obama. Fun little fact for the day. Okay. So back to your title 42. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, so the, so, okay. Obviously everybody is now, because this is an issue, talking about what can and can't happen no matter which way it goes. Um, Troy Miller, which is uh, the top C- CBP official, he told Congress last month that uh, his agency is preparing for more than 10,000 migrants to cross the border each day after Title 42 expires, which is more than double the daily average. Wow. Now. More than double the daily wow. average now. now. <laughs> so that's insanity. And so, while so the head of Customs Border Patrol is is saying that the number is about to double. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll gas, and gas money. Knowing that this, you know, is all going on, and while postponing whether or not they're going to let it expire or they're going to renew it and keep it going, uh, the administration is sending fifteen hundred troops for ninety days to the U.S. Mexico border with a total of. 4,000 military personnel assigned to assisting the border officials with various non-law enforcement tasks. So that's that pops a little red flag up for me, because if it's not that big of a deal to have people crossing the border, then why are you sending people down to not let people cross the border? Mm-hmm. That's It's the biggest... You know, double standard, not make sense. And like, how are you going to spout one thing about Leah? Open the border. We can we can take in all these people, but then send people down there to not let that happen. That doesn't make any sense to me. This administration is sending people down right now to handle and make sure that the border crisis isn't a border crisis. So, but then they're saying there's no border crisis. So 1,400 and and an additional 5,000 or 4,000. Uh, it's said. four. It's fifteen hundred troops with a total okay. of four thousand military personnel. Okay, so fifteen. So total is four thousand. Yeah. So assisting border officials. Okay. So who I don't even know how sixty thousand. Okay. I already so looked. <laughs> okay, so that is enough. Basically, because it's it's one thousand nine hundred fifty-one miles is the uh, the southern border. Okay. That's from Texas to the end of California, and it's a few hundred yards off the coast on either side. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 1,951 miles. Oh, the weird crap that stays in my head. <laughs> so, um, but that's enough. You're talking about enough people. What does that work out to? A person every quarter mile? So, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a person every quarter mile that be looking and that and that's not every area is crossable there's really there's a lot of natural barriers Uh that people are like no we're not going to do that um but wow i I sure wish somebody built a wall i'm just saying so like a big wall (laughs) so uh 50 feet anyway so right now uh they're they're basically planning a time to floor the vote and uh oh wow this mm-hmm. is <laughs> they're they and I, I like i said i see this happening but 
they're postponing it because Biden's administration is introducing a Secure the Border Act of 2023, which they're, you know, basically saying like, oh, no, because it's the House's uh, Republican right now, that that's why that's happening. Oh and my oh, my God. goodness, you know, there are the reasons but, and blah, but, blah, blah, but, blah. But it wasn't when you started, numb nuts. <laughs> so so that's that's what they're saying. But that's they're introducing a Secure the Border Act of 2023 that they're basically you know, postponing all of this uh, Title 42 expiring so that they can, you know, propose that and have it pass because after Title 42 expires, there's nothing keeping all these people from entering. And they are literally 10,000 migrants a day. That is insane. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand. Um, That means that every two days, the population of this city flows into the country. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, the... Basically, Biden's Biden administration, you know, all the people that aren't Republican, they're doing the same thing they keep doing where, you know, in order to to solve it, they're going to send the U.S. Homeland Security Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Mm -hmm. um, He's going to travel down to the Texas border uh, at some point this week. For what? Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because at this point, I don't ever understand that. Oh, we're going to send this person down to where the issue is. Okay. So that they can see it with their own eyes that it's an issue. What would he? Why? Mm-hmm. So they can talk to the people that are down there and ask their opinion because you already know their opinion. The people that are actively working on border control. Find me one person that works border control that believes that we should not have a secure border. Right. Why, do we why would ask, you have the job? Yeah. It's like, why do we ask people imagine that being live, a vegan being working at mcdonald's yeah i just but like it's the same the same kind of question why why are we taking the people that don't live mm-hmm. near the borders word for what should happen at the border the right. people that are working at the border i feel like have the, <laughs> the the best ability because like if all the people at the border are like yeah no it's not really that big of an issue my days are pretty low-key i don't know why there's so many of us here you honestly you could do a bunch of layoffs there's not a lot of people that are trying to enter the country you know mm-hmm. we don't need to secure the border nobody's coming through that's not what they're saying. Nobody's saying that. Everybody that's down there, everybody in all the southern states along the border are screaming for help. And everybody else is going, nah, it's fine. You know, just deal with it. But then they have the people shipped up to them. And then they go, ugh. And like I said, they're they're trying to pin this as, you know, they're taking every possible way to make it something it's not mm-hmm. about the shipping, the migrants, other places. Mm-hmm. Because I can find so many different articles about how the Texas governor is targeting five cities run by black mayors, literally. So I have <sighs> one here mm-hmm. that I that I want to to see how much they're spinning this. Um, Go for so it. So this is New York City Mayor Eric Adams accused the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, on Monday of once again, this is quote, once again deciding to play politics with people's lives, end quote, by sending asylum seekers asylum seekers Mm -hmm. to major cities with black mayors first of all i want to point out that every single time that i've seen this recently that anybody is using the term black to describe somebody that's capitalized Mm -hmm. i just think that's so funny because when did black become a title (laughs) for somebody all the time i see it now and all of these because they i i just i just think that's funny so all of the all of just the descriptors are what I think is funny. Not sending immigrants, asylum seekers, 
um, playing politics with people's lives and all this other stuff. Like, I, it's not playing politics with people's lives. You said you could handle it, so I'm sending them up to you. I can't. Mm-hmm. I've said it for how long now that I cannot take more people in here? So if you're saying we're good, we can keep the border open, and you can handle these people, then you have them. How's that playing politics with people's lives? I, I, I've decided, I, I just, yeah, I don't like that. So the big picture, the mayor's comments come a day after Chicago mayor, lawyer, Lori Lightfoot also urged Abbott to stop sending migrant buses to her city because it has no more shelters, spaces, or resources to accommodate. You're gone anyways. Nobody cares. Both democratic mayors are putting the pressure on before, on before the Biden administration is expected to end the title 42 pandemic policy next week, which has allowed immigration authorities to turn back hundreds of thousands of people without giving them a chance for asylum. That it's just mm-hmm. the wording. So what they're saying, and this is quote: Not only is this behavior morally bankrupt and of and devoid of any concern for the well-being of asylum seekers, but it is also impossible to ignore the fact that Abbott is now targeting five cities run by black mayors. End quote. Adams said in a statement referring to New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Denver, and Washington D.C. Quote: Put plainly, Abbott is using this crisis to hurt black-run cities. End quote. He added. So, did you happen to look up what cities that uh, Abbott was sending uh, migrants to? No, I I was okay. hoping you would. Yeah, no, no, I did, and you know, it was it was like at first I was like, "Holy crud, they're right, right?" Because it's the mayor of Los Angeles and the mayor of Denver and the mayor of of Chicago and the mayor of New York. Except it didn't seem right to me because I was like, "That's just kind of weird." So then I went and I dug a little bit further, and what I found was, "Oh, wait a second, the mayor of New York City is irrelevant because." They were being sent under Bill de Blasio. White guy. All right. So that doesn't work for you. Um, the cities that are, are claiming sanctuary cities. It's like, yeah, Lori Lightfoot. I don't care. That woman has destroyed an entire city. If she claimed to be a sanctuary city, I would be sending people up. And now she's screaming for him not to do it. She's doing what you said could be done. And you're mad about it. But of, of the cities that we're sending to people to you want to know where we've sent a lot to? Philadelphia. Do you want to know who the mayor of Philadelphia is? <laughs> I'm going to guess not a black person. Um, no, that would be Jim Kenny. <laughs> I mean, literally, the guy is the definition of I can I would believe it if somebody told me that that guy grew up on Leave it to Beaver. I would be like, yes, he did. And my three sons. And he was probably one of the kids from my three sons. So I the Google, Google I was like, wait a second. Oh, and then I realized it was the Politico article that was just quoting Adams and was just cherry picking the cities. But guess what? Hmm. There's a long list of cities that they've been sending it to. And yeah, nope. And, and oh, there's no racism coming from Jim Kenney in his statement because Jim Kenney was like, oh, we're, we're, a sta- we're, we're a sanctuary city. And said, as a proud welcoming city, we will greet our newly arrived neighbors with dignity and respect. He said, Kennedy. Okay, and I was like, oh, okay. And that was in November 15th of 2022. Guess what he's saying now? Can't handle it. Please stop. Literally. And claiming that, you know, this is the reckless motivations of a governor who is doing exactly what you said he could do. You said we are a warm and welcoming city. And it's like, ah, and back here in November of 2022, and this is by, from the Texas Tribune, which is kind of funny that they were writing this stuff, but it said Governor Greg, Greg Abbott said on Tuesday, so this is back again in November, that Philadelphia has been added to the long list of Democrat-led cities where Texas will bus migrants 
with the first bus set to arrive in the northeast northeastern city that following Wednesday. For months, uh, ah, sorry, Texas has sent buses of migrants to Washington D.C., New York, Chicago, Virginia, and many many other cities where th- where the the claim of record uh, under the claim of record high numbers of border crossing so since april of last year right Mm -hmm. texas's business strategy has successfully provided much needed relief to our borders and communities overwhelmed by a historic of influx of migrants caused by president biden's reckless open policies abbott had said in a statement and until the biden administration does its job and provides texas and American people with sustainable border security, Texas will continue doing more than any other state in the nation's history to defend against an invasion along the border, including adding a continually growing list of quote-unquote sanctuary cities like Philadelphia as drop-off locations for our busing strategy. So, literally... It's just, oh, no, all of these mayors, and you're just targeting black mayors. What about this guy? Well, you know, what about the fact that the mayor right before you, when this was actually going on, wasn't black? Well, uh, wait, okay, there, so I'm done. Your statement is a lie. And Abbott had actually responded to him. Oh, go for it. Uh, He said, quote, as the mayor of a self-declared sanctuary city, it is ironic to hear you complain about Chicago's struggle to deal with a few thousand illegal immigrants, which is a fraction of the record high numbers we deal with in Texas on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. With Title 42 expulsions set to end next week, the federal government has estimated that we could have up to 13,000 illegal immigrants cross the U.S.-Mexico border every single day. If Chicago can't deal with 8,000 in less than a year... How are small Texas border communities supposed to manage 13,000 in just one day? Whoopsie! You are right that this situation is completely untenable. Untenable? Mm -hmm. Untenable. But this is not a Texas problem. This is a problem for the entire United States of America. End quote. Said beautifully, in my opinion. And And so then that's not enough, apparently. uh Because then they're continuing to try to uh, spin it. And saying that Abbott has spent millions of dollars on sending undocumented migrants to Democratic-led cities on charter buses in protest of of President Biden's border policies. Uh, Mayors, including Adams, have called for federal assistance to help them deal with the issue. Adams said last month that his city, quote, is being destroyed by the migrant crisis, end quote. So, literally... (laughs) They're they're calling Abbott's actions inhumane and saying that are playing politics with people's lives. First of all, isn't that literally everything? Oh, I want to point yeah. out real quick, just playing politics with people's lives. Couldn't the same thing be spun around? Two Democrats. And again, I, I am very in between with a mm-hmm. lot of the things. And we preface that every single time. I am from in, the in between calling out BS on both sides all the time saying, couldn't the same be spun around to Democrats for trying to get the whole pro-choice movement to be a part of it? Because the Republicans right. see from the moment that <laughs> you are have a fertilized egg in your body that that's a life. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats are trying to allow abortions. So, and we're making it a political issue. 
So doesn't that also count as playing politics with just unborn people's lives? I just, I, mm-hmm. I hate when people say these things because they're literally all oh, yeah. buzzwords. They're things to try to make your heart oh, yeah. wrench at something that's going on. Yeah. And it's BS because, first of all, anybody that is coming to this country, asylum seekers, drug runners, anybody else that's going to be coming across our border for whatever reason they're going to be coming across for, mm-hmm. they know what they're in for. They know that they're going to be coming to a country that does not have the capability to keep them 100% the way that they would prefer to live Mm -hmm. for, you know, probably a long time. So it's not like these people are being bussed around and they're just, like, horrendously miserable and everything. They're bussing them around on charter buses, Mm -hmm. first of all. It's not like these are just a bunch of school buses or run-down POS and just, you know, sitting there dealing with all these horrible things. They're, They're being fed. They're being charted off to mm-hmm. these other places, and then those places are turning them away. And so, then they're being charted to other places, still being fed, still having all of these amenities provided for them. And you guys are sitting here acting like these people are miserable yeah. because they're obviously- In air-conditioned buses. The <laughs> whole road up to the border was worse than everything they face after yeah. the border. Look, so let me let me explain this to you. Think about this. If I was in Mexico, right- and I had spent 14 days walking across a hot desert and with a gallon of water, by the way, and, you know, dealing with a bunch of crime and everything else going on around me, which, yes, it is. And I have friends who have crossed the border illegally and have told me about some of the stories that just break my heart. Mm-hmm. But but, you know, then to say, hey, by the way. You want to go up to New York? What does that mean? You get a chance at a job where there's a lot less illegals. Oh, good, because I'm tired of all these illegals around me, right? <laughs> right. And uh, not only that, but you're going to spend four days in a charter bus. What, what's that? It means you're going to be fed and you're going to be in an air-conditioned thing sitting down for four days. So I have four days to recover. You can send me anywhere if I get to sit on a bus and you're going to feed me for four days. Mm-hmm. Holy crud. It's going to be air, air conditioning and I don't have to pee in a Gatorade bottle. I'm so down, but not not only that. But let me ask you a question. They're talking about tech, how, you know how much Greg Abbott spent and everything else. So I looked it up. Of course I did, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you a question. Would you spend fourteen dollars to stop losing eight hundred and fifty dollars? Duh. Okay. Would you spend fourteen dollars to stop losing eighty five? hundred dollars obviously okay because there's your equivalent there's your true equivalence so texas spent a total of 14 million dollars since since inception busing migrants all over the country okay do you know how much illegal immigration costs just texas every year I'm going to go with a lot more than that. Like $850 million? Mm-hmm. So $850 million saved by spending $14 million. Like making a dent in it. No, it wasn't that full number, but it made a dent in it. Mm-hmm. I'll do that all day, every day. Yeah. At, it, at the end of the day, with all of, with all of this being said, coming from, again, a... 21 almost 22 year old black woman Mm -hmm. that is just you know living in texas (laughs) and dealing with you know constantly watching more and more people show up in my small city Mm -hmm. 
oh, that yeah. are not, you know, legal immigrants. And how do we know? Because we hear a siren and people book. We uh, uh, The car wreck. That's what the... I, oh, yeah. The officer texted me back. I should tell you about that. But the, go ahead. Sorry. Um, Watching all this happen from one of... From Texas and dealing with the repercussions of that constantly... Whether you see it as something that's cruel or not, I, I feel like the biggest issue that you have to recognize is that nobody at all on the the right, I, I, I mean, I say that, but there's probably a couple because there's still racists that exist. You're never going to get mm-hmm. rid of them. But for the most part, people on the right, even the far right, are not sitting here saying we don't want Mexicans, we don't want immigrants, we right. don't want this, we don't want that. We're just saying that we want people to come here legally we want to be able to have this country prosper the only way that's going to happen is if this entirety this, the entirety of our system changes to accommodate for people to be paid for in a way other than taxes or to have them pay taxes mm-hmm. because that's how we all survive in this country that's how our country makes money so if we aren't if we're bu- literally taking people in by the thousands that aren't going mm-hmm. to be paying taxes but are still going to be buying food buying clothing buying all of the amenities that they need working for people without having to pay taxes on any of that that adds up so fast and th- constantly we are paying for that because we're supporting all of these people to live here but we're paying now not only for all of us but for us and them and they are not paying for themselves or for us so it's not it's not a give and take situation it is us constantly giving and giving and giving and giving and them just taking and taking and taking so it it just i i whether you think if you think that it's cruel to take these people and give them to other people that say they can handle it and then they're getting upset because they can't and calling it this this horrible horrible thing playing politics with human lives that's not what it is you are telling us that you can handle it if you couldn't handle it and we did exactly what you said that that we should be doing how how is it us playing with the lives we weren't sending people anywhere before people started saying that there were sanctuary cities. Mm-hmm. So how is it playing politics with human lives if you guys, we didn't start sending people anywhere until you guys started saying you could handle it. Right. You uh, you literally said we're a sanctuary city. We said, oh, okay, we'll, we'll send them on up. You know, you're like, well, we got it. Okay. And now here's, here's what's great. And you'll love this. So um, Attorney General Paxton. Okay. And that's Ken Paxton. He is the Attorney General of the state of Texas. Okay. Um, they tried to blindside him. He, it was very obvious that it was an attempt at a blindside um, on wanting a statement from him because he talked about the fact that we can't sustain. We cannot sustain an additional billion dollar a year deficit in Texas, which is close to what $855 million is and have the country still run. Our property taxes are insane. Mm-hmm. The maintenance that we're paying for you know, what's being used is insane and so so what he what what paxton said and you'll love this you're going to agree with this guy so much he said texans are hardworking and generous to a fault people but the cost of illegal immigration has become an unconscionable burden burden on taxpayers of our great state 
if we use the minimum estimated costs for Texas uh, for services Texas provides to unlawfully pre uh, present and and undocumented aliens, taxpayers are shelling out an estimated eight hundred and fifty five million dollars every year. Texas will always and you ended it with this. Texas will always welcome those who legally immigrate. But we cannot continue forcing our taxpayers to foot the bill for individuals who skirt the law and skip the line at the expense, my, my comment on this, at the expense of the people who are actually in line. And in his, in his, back to him, I will continue to fight for justice, safety, and the prosperity of all Texans, whether natural born or immigrated. So people are waiting in line. This is what's frustrating to me. I know, I know, I know people like this. They're waiting in line legally while everybody else is cutting in line. You ever been in a line when somebody cuts in front of you? Um, I honestly, I don't think I have actually. Okay. But I can imagine how frustrating it would be if I was waiting in line for, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a Walmart and then somebody decided that, you know, because they have two items, they can just, you know, hop on in front of me because the point mm -hmm. isn't that it, they have two items and it should just be fine. The point is that I've been here and they haven't. They walked in in their hurry to go grab whatever they needed to grab and get the F out. Yep. But for the people that have been waiting, they're just they're just stealing that that spot. They're literally cutting in line. They're making everybody else have to wait longer. It's not the problem isn't they just have two groceries that they need to check out. The problem is that you're literally taking away from everybody else that is actually waiting to be able to check out. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. And I, I just yeah, I got in a bloody fight with somebody cutting a line at school. Like I just was not playing around in that game. Yanked him out, did not care. Neither one of us got to eat lunch, did not care. And I still have that level of anger in me that people do that. And I'm like, mm, we're going, you know, I, I just but people spend money to become U.S. citizens. They spend time. They, you have to go through a test, a citizenship test. Mm -hmm. You actually have to know history better than a high schooler to come into the U.S. And you know what? It's that way for almost every country. You don't just simply show up in Australia and get citizenship. It doesn't work that way. The process of getting citizenship in, in other countries is absolutely insane. You know, it's not, we're, well, oh my gosh, they're, they're on a waiting list and then they have to go through this, go through this test. Yep. And make sure they don't have a criminal background. Yep. And, you know, have to make sure that they're financially going to be able to, um, you know, contribute. It's like, yep. It's like, well, guess what? This is the same thing for us if we want if we want to become foster parents. Mm. You know what I think? I think we should just be able to find a kid that's in the foster care program and yoink them and take them because that's, you know, that's that's my right. No. I'm pretty sure there's a law. <laughs> it's called kidnapping, you know, and so it just it it baffles me. But yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from like our podcast page on facebook follow us on instagram and twitter you can find all of that in our link tree in the description and be sure to give our website a visit stupidpodcastoneverything.com and you can also join me on reddit and i've uh, been reading everybody's responses and talks and uh we're gonna be start talking about some of that stuff here on the air so till then we'll see you tomorrow for our morning grind peace out with your peace out Bye.